We're in the books. One hour to go. Alan Sewell and Clinton Yates. You know, one thing I did do this weekend, Clinton. Where are you on? Uh, are you big on spice? Like, do you yeah. like things very spicy, I'm sort black, of spicy? Sliva. Of course I like <laughs> spice and seasonings. Come on. What are we doing here? <laughs> I did this. I did this place on uh, this ramen joint here in Pasadena. Yeah. Just get it extra spicy. Like, it's, extra, just oh, it's a must. Make it as spicy as, as you can. And I listen. I'm kind of like flirting around the edges here on spice because there's there's different levels of spice. There's mm-hmm. spices where I think like, oh, yeah, no, I like spicy. And then somebody standing next to me like, that's literally, that's mild to me. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to kind of flirt with how spicy I can go. Did some fantastic, incredibly spicy ramen on Friday. But I, you know, I kind of powered through it. Like, okay, I got through it. Let's. What's the next level? Was it a was it a pork broth, a chicken broth, veggie broth. broth? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, I did. I did it. I just basically went the traditional pork broth. Yeah. Did it the right way. Kind of did one of those. Okay, I like that spice. Did you did you do this? So like, okay, there's two ways to do that. You got the spice bomb, where like you put it in the thing. But I also am the kind of guy that has spicy uh, sesame chili oil, just like. Yeah, on the shelf sense. at all times. I'm the, I'm a crazy person though. I was tweeting about this over the weekend. I'm the kind of person that buys spicy food, mm-hmm. like meals, eats a couple bites, and puts it in the refrigerator, oh, okay. and then the next morning eats the spicy food at cold temperature because I'm an insane person. But it's really good. So try that out. Mine's got to be – I think i got to be hot on there. Let, let me grab this uh, quick phone call here. Travis and Sliwa, by the way, is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear – via the Goodyear hotline, Paul in Chico. Paul, what's going on? Thank you for calling in, bud. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys were talking about recycling, and you were talking about you know needing an alarm that goes off. Yeah, yeah and definitely. And what's going on for me is my, uh, my uh, waste company now sends me a letter with a picture of my recycling just after they dumped it into the truck. And they explain to me what's wrong with it, and they tell me, this is your first warning of three warnings. And after that, we're going to start to fine you $14.68. They're like, as you can see, you used a trash bag here. And we don't accept trash bags because my sister had given me all of her recyclables in a trash bag. So although it, it kind of wants to piss me off, I have to be really, I, I'm just so impressed with their efficiency. And information. So, hold on, and Paul. Quickly, Paul. Quickly, you're, you're, they're reviewing the film and breaking down what actually happens with your specific trash, like to your residence, and then sending it to you. Or was this a warning to the building about it's what a, you guys were doing collectively? It's recycling company. It's your recycling company, right? It, it's the yeah, just the trash collection com- company. They have a camera on the truck, so that every time they dump it, they take a picture of it. And then they have somebody reviewing all the pictures. So now I walk around the neighborhood and seeing like, oh, man, they're going to get a letter. Oh, that's wrong. You know, on, on <laughs> Friday mornings when the trash is out. And, and also I did, because of this, I happened to notice that on the lid of the recycling is very clear pictures on there that I never noticed before. But they got my attention. So Wow. Well, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you calling it, Paul. Appreciate you. I mean, they're going. It. He's going to VAR with his that's trash company. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's Let's review it. Right you know, like in the NBA when they pick up the TVs and they turn them around and they show them to the refs. That's what this guy's doing in his backyard with Let's a recycling not, truck. I don't want to review anything like the NBA because they'll spend forty-five minutes on 
one play at 8.45 on a Tuesday against the Kings. Um, speaking of the NBA and speaking of the Los Angeles Lakers, we got a chance actually, this was interesting, right after we finished the show on Friday, the Lakers were introducing players, right? These are some mm-hmm. of the free agents that some of them came back to the Lakers. Most of them came back to the Lakers. Some of them the first time with the Lakers. Um, tomorrow we'll get a chance to hear from Russell Westbrook, so Westbrook will address the media. Uh, I want to play this real quick. Dwight Howard on Friday. Um, let's just say this guy is excited to be a Los Angeles Laker again, number one. Um, number two, he was uh, talking about Russell Westbrook, his appreciation for Russell Westbrook. Take a listen to this real quick. Having a guy like Russ who's going to get you 15, 16, 20 points a night. He's going to get you 12 rebounds. He's going to get you 10 assists, and he's going to play 110% every night. How can you not appreciate that? Well, I'm going to tell you, I appreciate you, Russ, and we ain't even played on the same team yet or played a game together yet. But I appreciate what you do, and I think everyone in L.A. is going to appreciate it when you're holding up that trophy at the end of the season. Why not? There we go. Let's get it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Dwight Howard right there. I will tell you this throughout his entire presser. Um, man, this dude is – if there was one player I could tell you after that championship run in 2020 that Laker fans would not stop talking about, what happened to this guy? How come we didn't bring this? It was Dwight Howard. So yeah. I know a lot of Laker fans are excited to get him back. Um, so one, one of the conversations I think we could talk about coming out of the offseason, Lakers get Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. Then they grab, okay, well, you got to go get shooters. They find a couple shooters. I think they got four guys that shoot over 40% from the three-point line. But really when the dust settled, a lot of the conversation started being about how the Lakers are, well, they're too old. They're the third oldest team in NBA history. So the 2000-2001 Utah Jazz, their average age was 326 the 97-98 Rockets, their average age was 32.4, and then Lakers 32.2. I want to just get your opinion on this because I think there's a couple different ways to break this down. Mm-hmm. How much of a concern to you coming into this season is the age for the Lakers? How, how much does that stick out to you? Oh, it's it's a concern for me for reasons that are not dissimilar to a lot of my concerns in general for health last season. We talked the whole time. Oh, Lakers will get healthy. They'll be fine. Oh, Lakers will get healthy. They'll be fine. And like, okay, but it doesn't matter as much during the playoffs to me because you're older, but you also have longer stretches between games. It's not the same deal, but during the regular season. You have more season, rest. Sure. Yeah, you get more rest, et cetera. It's, it's amped up. That's why you're there. The regular season, though, is where I have concerns. You know, and if you look at a team that's going to get, I'm not saying they're going get, to be getting run off the court by younger teams. I think they're too skilled for that. But is this team too old to be like a top two seed? I don't, I don't know about that. But that, that's my concern is that the seasons are long. You know, and coming off, I realize that this is going to be our first full off season break. Yeah. And we have a Olympics free summer for LeBron. Like this is probably the best case scenario in which the Lakers could be going into a season at this point. But I do think there are concerns. Those are offset, however, by the fact that these are not just random old guys, okay? We got champions on a lot of levels, dudes that are really hungry, never mind the Carmelos of the world, you know? Like, I think that this is the best conglomeration of old guys that I can think of in a long time. So I'm worried about it in the more general sense, but specifically with this roster, not particularly. This is is why I have less concern. 
All right. I I think what's being made of well, they went out and got Dwight Howard and Trevor Ariza and Carmelo Anthony. Um, what other old guy am I thinking of here, or am, am I forgetting in this mix? But Trev- let's just you use- said you said Ariza, yeah. Okay, so Ariza. Let's use Ariza, Dwight Howard, and uh, Carmelo Anthony. Wayne Westbrook Altons, qualifies as being 32. old on this list. Well, well, let yeah. me let, let me say this. Let me say this. So. <laughs> What role are those players really going to play for the Lakers? So, yes, Dwight Howard is towards the end of his career. Carmelo Anthony is towards the end of his career. He's 37 years old. Trevor Ariza, 36 years old, towards the end of his career. The players that the Lakers went out and got that are older, let's just put into perspective what their role is going to be for the Lakers. Clinton, those guys aren't going to be playing 30 minutes a night. They're just not. Like, that's not – they don't have a use – there's no use for them to be playing 30-plus minutes or whatever the case is. So – I think that's the part that we got to remember the most. Now, if we really want to pay attention to the age, the age that you should be paying attention to is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. AD is in the prime of his career. He's 28 years old. Now, if you want to have a different conversation and say the guy is injury prone, that's a separate conversation. You could have that, but age is not an issue for Anthony Davis. He's 28. Russell Westbrook's 32 years old. That's not an issue. Russell Westbrook's 32. We're not talking about Russell Westbrook being 37, 38 years old. Um, I don't think it's a conversation when it comes to Russell Westbrook as age being an issue for Russell Westbrook. They usually say your prime is between 28 and 32. At the same time, the NBA has kind of progressed, and players are obviously still having Chris Paul just signed a four-year deal at 36. Okay, that might right. be that that might <laughs> be extreme. It. You're pushing but, it, yeah. But it's not. It's not. You know. It's not crazy to say that you might get Russell Westbrook's best basketball over the next couple of years as he plays with LeBron and Anthony Davis. I don't think that's an extreme here. So it comes down to really to one player. It comes down to if you're talking about impact players that every night that you need, then you're talking about just LeBron James who's 36 years old, who I can sit here and tell you going into his 19th season, plus he has three additional seasons of just playoff basketball. So that's a legitimate one. But even with LeBron James, we were talking about in February and in March before he goes down with that injury with Solomon Hill as being a one of two, three players of most valuable players in the NBA. So I think that's a better way of, of breaking down the Lakers' age rather than just saying, well, they brought in all these old guys. Most of those old guys are not going to be getting big-time minutes anyways. The problem is, though, and let's get to the phones here in a little bit. The problem is, is that recovery from injury when old is a bigger issue than recovery from injury when younger. That's, sure. that's what the actual concern is, is that if anything goes awry, getting it back on track is going to be harder than what happens if nothing ever goes wrong. So, Clinton, just to play off of that, and I think, by the way, I think that's an incredibly fair point. That's when I go back to, yes, LeBron finally got a real offseason. Yes, that you know yeah. they weren't a part of the Olympics. Anthony Davis obviously need a full offseason. Listen, if something happens during the year – there's nothing you could do. You know, if, if yeah. Kawhi Leonard goes down in the middle of the playoffs and age wasn't a part of it, it's just an unfortunate injury. It happens in sports. So I, I think you're right about that. It, the recovery is going to take so much longer uh, simply because of obviously the the circumstance here. Um, I want to throw this out to Laker fans. So phone number is 877-710-ESPN. 
Should we be worried about the Lakers' age this upcoming season? The third oldest team in NBA history, is that something that's a real issue and a real problem? I'm going to read off one tweet here, and then I know we got a giveaway to do, and then we're going to take phone calls when we come back. So this um, is a tweet from Israel Keys Barbershop, and then retweeted by Jonathan Watson, put a few of us on here. So it's talking about age. The Chicago Bulls, this was their core back in that 97-98 season. Mm-hmm. Clinton, Dennis Rodman was 37, Pippen was 33, Jordan was 35, Ron Harper was 34, Coach was 30. So I think the point that he's trying to make here is you had teams that have won championships where, yes, the median age was probably down because you had younger players, but your core guys were still some of the older type. So that kind of explains that. Uh, we have learned in this uh, brief kind of conversation Clinton that uh Travis will not be joining me tonight with Lakers talk from oh. 7 to 9 p.m. Yes. He's on vacation. Very brief conversation from my understanding. Very brief. Between yeah, you there two. wasn't there wasn't much there. Uh 7 to 9 p.m. by the way, we will do Lakers talk. So we're, we're having the conversation about the Lakers um and if age is people making too big of a deal of it or if there's some or uh, if it's valid, I guess you could say the point is valid. Let's say a couple phone calls here. Let's go. Let's start off with Oscar in Baldwin Park. Oscar, appreciate you calling in. What's going on, Oscar? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, real quick, I just want to talk about Anthony Davis real quick. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to benefit the most from having Westbrook because he doesn't have to worry about being the number one guy or the number two guys. I kind of see him being as a glorified number three, maybe like a Chris uh, superstar, like over Chris Bosh or Kevin Love, better than them. But I think because LeBron and uh, Westbrook, alpha males, we know that, especially Westbrook, probably even more. So I think I, I'm excited to see what kind of him and Westbrook playing together. I think Davis is going to benefit the most from having Westbrook there because he doesn't have to worry about being the one or the two. He's going to be a, a glorified number three, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping we see his best basketball this season. Appreciate you calling in, Oscar. Uh, Clint, I'll tell you this. There is no Laker fan out there that is hoping that Anthony Davis is the third best player on this team. I I was going to say, that's an interesting way to look at that. I understand what he was getting at mm -hmm. because I think what his point is is that what he was technically referring to there was ball dominance in terms of like who AD has to be from a usage rate standpoint in order to be the most effective player. I think what he's saying there is that this frees him up to play some defense be a little bit more in transition and not have to worry about actually handling the basketball and can just worry about scoring the basketball. That was the logic I was understanding there because there's no world in which you don't want AD getting as many touches as possible. Well, that doesn't got, necessarily mean you want him dribbling the ball all over the half court, but those are two separate things. You got you got two guys that are willing passers in Russell Westbrook and LeBron James who are going to be looking for him. By the way, you want to average double-digit assists, you got Anthony Davis down low. There's one way to do it. Boom. But the reason, why, the reason why I kind of stop there when I hear, well, this will take some pressure off Anthony Davis, and now he could be – you got two alpha males, and he could be, uh, you know, that third option or that third player. No, it can't be that. If, if I'm ranking – if I told you today – He's option th- one. If I if I told you rank today the three most important players this upcoming season for the Lakers, I'd put AD as number one. I would. Clearly. I Clearly. mean, listen, Le- LeBron is 36 years old, and is there ever going to come a time where LeBron can say, okay, I know that I got enough help from Anthony Davis that it doesn't squarely have to be on my shoulders because I think Russ is going to help LeBron in that in that aspect, but now no less Anthony Davis has got to be more Anthony Davis than any time. Don't forget who hit the shot of the playoffs against the Nuggets the year they won the title. It was Anthony Davis. It was not LeBron James. It was not somebody else. 
Well, just as important, too, don't forget when Anthony Davis was Anthony Davis, Lakers went up two games to one on the Suns, and then when Anthony Davis oh, was out, the series yeah. was over. That's right? true. Like, That's very like, true. And I, I'm, I'm actually I'm helping your point, Clinton. What I'm no, saying. No, I know. Is that I just that, I, what I'm saying is that day, he's got. That's how important. He's also got the clutch gene, is what I'm saying. Sure, he's done sure. it all from that standpoint. It's not just the workhorse gene. He can do it in a spot specifically as well. Anthony Davis is the best player on this basketball team. That's not in question for me. All right, Les in St. Louis. Les, what's going on? You're on. Uh, you're on. I almost said Lakers talk on. With, <laughs> <laughs> on, on with Travis Hard and uh, the Sleeva Show with Clint Yates. What's going on? Okay, so uh, no, Anthony Davis. Uh, I wouldn't. You can't say is the best player on the team, but you can say that he may be, maybe the most valuable. But that's not really why I called in. I called in to say the Lakers. I don't want to hear any of this. They're too old. The only people that say they're too old don't quite know what they're talking about, unless you're talking about uh, things that have to do with their health and recovering as fast, like you guys mentioned. But with that said, we all are going into the season with the idea that the Lakers are going to play, and, and if they're going to play, they're going to, they're going to play well. If they can play and healthy, I'll say that, then they're going to play well. The talent is there. And don't, I don't want to hear anyone say they're going to run down the court too slow against these teams that are so uh, you know, fast and young. Forget it. Their talent is there. They have a chance of winning it all. There's no guarantees, but the talent is there. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks, Les. Appreciate you calling in. Let me take one more quick call here. Uh, Eddie in Simi Valley. Eddie, what's going on? You're on uh, the Travis and Sleeva show. Hey, what's up, guys? So the biggest thing for me is like the age, right? Everybody talks about them, writing them off. They're too old. If you look past, look at Dallas Mavericks when they beat the Miami Heat. How old were they? They got Jason Case, Evan Chandler, Sean Marion, Burton Whiskey. They were all in their late 30s. So why are we writing off a healthy Russell Westbrook, a healthy LeBron James, a healthy AD. Remember, we didn't have a full offseason when we went up to Orlando, and we won it. And then we came back two months after we had the season start. Yeah, injuries took a total, but we have a better point guard now than Dennis Shooter. We're going to have someone that's going to be able to average a triple-double. LeBron's not going to have to run the ball the whole way, the whole 48 minutes. That's going to be a big impact for us. We also got size now with Dwight Howard. So all those components that we got picked up, there's a reason why they built the team they built the way they build their team now. And hey, Eddie, like- Eddie, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in just because we got to, we got to keep things moving here. And I, I feel like also quickly, Slee, I feel like these are the people who don't normally get onto Lakers talk who are now. They're getting, like in a, they're getting in a little early. Getting in JV the morning. Lakers talk session there. No, 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 no. There's no JV. Everyone who calls in, I'm all in. I, I any any of that Laker <laughs> conversation, but I, I get what he's saying too. I mean, and and I agree more with him that ultimately at the end of the day, I like the way the Lakers assembled their team. But on paper is yeah. one thing. We'll see how they they uh, they end up coming out. You know, it's interesting, Clinton. Last week we were mentioned towards the uh, towards the end of the week. There was actually it was on Friday. We we're talking about Frank Vogel and his uh, kind of his contract situation. So the Lakers, without giving any details of what the terms are, they did extend Frank Vogel. So I think there's going to be – this is what we know for the next two years for the Lakers. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, your coach, and your front office. So That's what we got. Those are going to be, you know, what's uh, what's ultimately solidified. Did you watch the game on Friday with uh, between France and USA for the uh, gold? I checked checked it out. Yeah, I watched it. 
I, I didn't gather my crew. Yeah. I didn't go buy any snacks uh-huh. or any beverages to do so. Why was I, I watching? Why was I watching the game like it was game five of the finals? Why was I watching it like that? <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. Please tell us. Ask Slee. Why were you watching that game so intently? There's a lot of like. First of all, just look at the USA basketball team. There's so much talent, right? Like it's such a unique thing to watch. Sure. USA. I, like how cool is it to watch Kevin Durant playing with Damian Lillard? Like that's that's so unique. It, and you only see stuff like that during an All Star game. So I think from that perspective, it was exciting to watch. And the game wasn't bad. I mean, you knew. I know it's almost as exciting as watching Nick Batum play with Evan Fournier. I mean, it just gets me. You know, <laughs> Nick Batum might be the most underrated basketball player in the NBA. He had a block and a half that sent them to that game that was vicious, yo. Like, I mean, That's right. you That's can right. talk about Team USA all you want. Mm-hmm. The, the, to me, the story of the Olympic basketball tournament was A, yes. 3x3, and B, like what happened with the rest of the world on the men's side? It wasn't just the Americans losing. You got some good games mm-hmm. in between these other situations. Slovenia out here rocking what are basically looking like Mavs practice jerseys with Luka. You know what I mean? Nigeria doesn't win a game but also isn't out of any game. Mike Brown shows up as a former NBA coach and really gets them going somewhere. Like, the development of the world is not only coming at the cost of the Americans. It's coming to the entertainment of the rest of us in basketball. I love this tournament, and it didn't necessarily have anything to do with the fact that the USA won the gold. What was your takeaway of the Olympics? Were you every night watching Olympics? No, I was popping in. I was – following Twitter, but I was I was paying very hard attention to 3x3. I'm a fan who's a fan. I'm a fan of that comp format of basketball anyway before yep. it got to the Olympics. And so I loved watching that. That was well executed. But I still don't know what Team USA is doing. Like, what what do we want as the best product there? Is it to slog through a tournament and then bring home a gold in a, like an okay up and down game? Yeah. Or is it to use it as a platform for the younger stars of the NBA to become somebody or is question. it you know something completely different i don't know, you know I don't well know. i do think if you had a lot of younger players um that don't have the experience you're not winning the gold that's not going to happen I, that's I think fine though you know like i'm not I, to me i do not look at the usa basketball as a gold at all costs operation like you everybody wants to return to the fact that like oh well we're the best we have the most skill okay well then that's fine yeah. Use USA Basketball for something else. We know what's going on. The NBA is based here. I don't have to watch a bunch of guys that are quasi-disinterested and or coming off of the NBA Finals. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't need the gold to be the gold standard, if that makes sense, at this stage. We've we've, we've done that. We've established this. You know? Well, that's just that, – I have a question for you guys, though. Just yes. real quick. Would you go to the uh, the team ba- team USA basketball games in LA in 2028? Like, are you guys going to buy tickets to see that to see the Olympics oh, and play yeah. basketball? Oh yeah, I would in go. LA, yeah, that's a different discussion because you got you're on American soil. Home soil games always a must attend. Well, and, it, and that's, if you're that's a principle, and, and if you're a basketball fan, that's that's great basketball, yeah. right? That's like, going to be a scene too. Everybody in the basketball world is going to show up to that. That would be I great. Mean, Clinton is going down to USD and hanging out with CC Sabathia to just watch a couple college <laughs> right, baseball to watch high games schoolers or high know? schoolers. <laughs> yeah, so I, you better be going to these international. I'm definitely games. going to USA Basketball at Staples if that happens. Yeah. Okay, we got uh, fact or cap coming up next. By the way, just a quick reminder: at ten forty, some more Dodgers baseball. We got to talk about the predicament that the Dodgers are in. Uh, still four games behind the San Francisco Giants. Are we? 
as much as we talk about the Dodgers, maybe there's not enough credit going to the Giants and holding on to the best record in baseball. That's coming up at 1040. But next is Factor Cap. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, Alan Sue and Clinton Yates on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Emily, for those who have not heard Factor Cap, give them a quick little summary here and we'll get right into it. All right, so fact or cap is I'm going to give a um, a statement, and you guys have to say whether it's fact, it's true, or it's cap, that's false, it's not right. So essentially, it's true or false. All right. Also, as importantly, coming from the uh, yeah. the world of TikTok. Oh yes, right. so and I hate saying that word, so I pretty much call everything a fact. So just know that that's a part of yeah. what this bit is. You about. know, me and my friends around San Diego are just throwing around <laughs> cap all the time. I was so just going to say, like, if I. <laughs> If I'd run into her in San Diego, I would have straight up just looked at her and said, cap, and walked the other Wait, way. Wait, no cap. cap. I said cap <laughs> when I was ordering that ramen on Friday night, like no tomorrow. All right, let's go. Let's go. All righty. So yesterday was International Cat Day. So here's a statement. Cats are the best pets. Clinton, is that fact or cap? Non-fact. Okay. Major cap. All right. What are we doing here? Cats are the best pets. Cats are arguably like... How do I explain this? House cats are not even the best cat pets. You know what I'm saying? We got people like Tiger King rolling the earth. And don't get me all started on this. I'm just only halfway joking. But, like, I've had a cat in my home. I have not had a cat. Like, when I was in college, one of our roommates had a cat. And, like, okay, it was kind of cool. But, like, I I just – there's no. I can't do that for cats. It's not happening. First of all, uh, Taylor, I don't know what you're playing in the background, but this is a fantastic beat. Let it's called Get Up, Get Out. It's by Outkast. It's off Southern Playlistic. It's Oof. song 11, I think. Yeah, that's great. That's Goody Clint Mob is knowing, in it. That's Clint knowing his tracks. Okay. Yep. Uh, factor <laughs> cap on cats being the uh, the best pets. Um, you know, sometimes I, I will say fact, and I don't even believe it because I'm trying to make a case for it just to, you know, play the other side. I can't even do it faking it on the cats. I, I don't – I – don't really understand cats you know and this is not uh i don't want to lose our cat community listeners i'm sure there's many out there that are my sister has many now cats tuning and has out many cats over the years right this now there's somebody tuning out community. and saying yes. listen i will never listen to sliwa and yates again <laughs> because of their take on cats i don't get the cat thing i just don't uh some people love them i got a dog uh, I'll roll with this guy uh, seven days a week. We'll go out for walks. We'll do some things, throw out a ball. Kind of like that interaction. So I got to go cap on the international cat day. I was going to say, you got to watch your words or else Rookie's going to get all, a little jealous. Um, <laughs> rookie is Alan's dog. If that's a dog. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the retriever there. All right. So robot umpires will be a reality in four years. Alan, is that factor cap? Um, I'm going to go cap. It's unfortunate because by the way, you don't even need a robot. You just need, you know, the technology to just do the work for you. We are watching how great I was telling Travis is USA volleyball and tennis, right? Like just watch how quick the replays come in. I mean, it takes seven seconds and the replays done and they're already getting the other, you know, they're obviously already kind of moving forward. Um, baseball, one of the worst storylines in baseball this season 
And I say cap because I just don't think baseball will be this progressive to say, yeah, this is what we're going to do. But one of the worst things in baseball is just watching how bad umpires are. Guys, you know umpires' names because of how notoriously bad they are when it comes to you know, certain pitches or whatever the case is. It, it's balls and strikes. This is an easy one. This is a very, very easy solution. Unfortunately, I don't think that um, uh, baseball will be progressive enough, so i got to go cap. Um, it's definitely cap, and mainly because I think it should be. Like This is where I get rather traditionalist about what I like about baseball. Look, are there some umpires whose strike zones are extremely problematic to the point that it throws off games? Probably and to an extent. And trust me, I study this stuff. Okay, this kind of stuff matters to me. But to me, that's a large part of just what baseball is. You know, you don't need to get robots. You need to get better humans. And that's fine. You know, that's a whole separate discussion. So for me, people don't understand, man. Umpires provide... But why? But why? Let me explain this to you, Slee. We yep. can we can break this thing down. Mm-hmm. Umpires provide something more to the game than just ruling calls. They're the referees. You talk to the umpires. They keep things within oper- – like, it's hard to explain outside of the context of playing a baseball I get it. game. No, I, I, you can't I just eliminate that. an umpire. You know what I mean? Like, that's a person that you need to communicate but, but with. But a, a ball or a strike, that's such a – you know that's such a it's such a simple thing. Like there should not be a gray area in a ball Here's, or a strike. I don't that's mind the there being a gray area. That's what I'm saying. Guys are different sizes, and if it weren't for the existence, and I'm getting off on a real, real hot one here because I hate this. It's okay, it's the okay. dag on K zone on the screen is a bigger problem for baseball because people think that sitting at home they can see it themselves that easily because there's a stupid box on their television. That is the oldest old man take I'm going to have in a long time, but to me, that ruined baseball in a completely different way because you well, didn't have any sort of ability to change what you thought about based on how guys are moving the zone. You know, look, there's a lot of stuff, but yeah. that is not one of them. We do not need robot umpires in Major League well, Baseball. Well, I'm glad we both I'm glad we both agree robot umpires coming soon. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Alright, so NBA Summer League is more watchable than the NFL preseason. Ooh. Clinton, fact or cap? It's a good Mega one. Mega fact. Mega fact. NFL preseason is where I'm just hoping that somebody I've heard of doesn't get hurt and somebody I have heard of makes a nice play. Mm -hmm. NBA Summer League is a whole party. You know what I'm saying? It's like a pool party where nobody gets into the pool. We had THT showing up yesterday. We had my man Bam Adebayo up there sitting around with his gold, gold medal. Like, it's a scene. And it's Vegas. We like NBA Summer League way better than NFL preseason by a mile. I'm going to go cap. I'll tell you why. Because... The only time NBA Summer League is good is if the Lakers are drafting number two three years in a row and you got all these draft picks, which unfortunately means that the Lakers aren't good. And then I got to pay attention to the NBA Summer League as if it's the freaking <laughs> NBA Finals in the playoffs. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Because that's you what mean, was happening a couple years ago. You mean that you were perhaps interrupted from your vacation to discuss the NBA basketball Lakers? The vacation thing I'm all good on. That's no problem. <laughs> Clint, the problem I had was that was the playoffs for the Lakers. It was, did you yeah. see Lonzo Ball in this game? Do you know Kuzma won the MVP? I'm like, what are we doing here? This is what we've come to. The Summer League Championship is something that's you know incredibly meaningful. Listen, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's cool to see some of these younger players. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you get a little bit further into preseason NFL it's the NFL. I'll still we take. Found, uh, we found I'll take NFL. breaking point. I like yeah. this. 
Don't yeah, come to him league. with this summer league weak sauce. I, see, this I, is also as a sidebar. Yeah. Summer league basketball also reminds me of my high school basketball career, How where summer league speed? was the most fun. Okay, mm. you play summer league because your coach can't coach it, but like one of the departing seniors coaches it, and so it's mm. a little looser. You know what I'm saying? The girls are all there in a different kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Like summer yeah. league is a different vibe, bro. Hundred percent. I still understand and agree with you, and I'm glad we agree on robot umpires. Okay, let's keep going. I have one more left for you guys. So, salsa is the best dip for tortilla chips. Alan, is this factor cap? Everybody knows me on this station as being, um, you know, obviously a, a TikTok kind of uh, a leader in the TikTok yeah. game. I mean, a, and there's a never beacon. a time that I want to use cap more than I want to use cap right now. <laughs> Bro, guacamole, guac, that's my jam. Nothing wrong with salsa. By the way, you got to have the both. You can't, you, you know. You, yeah. But if you said you had to pick between guacamole or salsa, I'm more on the guacamole side of things. Clint, where are you at in this? Yeah, this is cap as well. I mean, to me, I, what the best? I mean, salsa is the most let's not, available. Let's, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like that's that is probably the easiest. It stores best. You know what I'm saying? The guac gets old. The guac don't work. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't we yeah. don't want that. But salsa and also salsa has such a wide variance in people who are doing it right. You know, I still haven't necessarily found and that's because I haven't necessarily looked. But back home, I knew where my salsa spots were. Like there were places I would go to just to drink beer and eat chips and salsa. Hmm. I need to find that place here. I have not to look. So don't get on me, Twitter. I'm just saying. Well, or that or me, instead of them getting on you, they could just send you some spots. Suggest. Yeah. That's, it. that's all they have to do. You know, but yeah, I love a good guac. And this also gets us into the Baba Ganoush hummus discussion. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of things that can happen with tortilla chips that are not salsa related. I love that you said that. It's going to get us into that. I'm like, really? I, I didn't know it was going to get us into that. All right, that was uh, that was Factor Cap. Great job, Emily. When we come back, let's talk some Dodgers baseball. Dodgers still four games behind the San Francisco Giants. What a week in store for the Dodgers. They got some tough games coming up. The Giants actually have some uh, much easier week coming up for them. So we'll start that conversation. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So just the kind of Dodgers will have a day off today. They'll start a three-game series on the road against the uh, against Philadelphia. Scherzer's on the mound tomorrow against the Phillies, and then to round up this week, Lynn. So just kind of this is what the Dodgers have in front of them: um, Philly for three games, Mets for three games, and you'll get through this week. You have six games this week, basically. Yeah. The Giants, on the other hand, they'll have the day off today as well. Arizona for two, and then four games against the Rockies. All those games up in the Bay Area in San Francisco. I point that out, Clinton, for a number of reasons, right? This is, you know, last week was supposed to be a week that you thought maybe you could gain some ground on the Giants. They had some tougher matchups. Um, Giants played seven games last week. They walked away 5-2. and two. 
Dodgers played five games this past week. They walked away three and two. So what was a three-game lead a week ago is now a four-game lead for the Giants. And you have this upcoming week where you know certainly the schedule benefits. I know you got to go out there and win games, but the schedule benefits the Giants over the Dodgers. It, I, I I just kind of you know I continue to emphasize this. There's still time. Dodgers can obviously still take over the NL West, but it, it's shrinking here, and the Giants just don't look like they're going anywhere. This is very true. You know, we've talked about this for a little bit. I said it before. The games count in August the same way they count in May. This is a critical series. Simple as that. But now that I'm looking at the schedule, like, in totality for August, Slee, so three against the Phils, three against the Mets. Then, no off day, get home, three against the Pirates, four against the Mets, one off day, three more against the Padres. That's a lot of games in the next couple weeks. And considering how this team has looked from an injury standpoint, you know, they're going to have to figure some things out. This is a tough stretch that is going to determine what happens in this season. Now, Phil is the hottest team in baseball. Now, the Mets, Emily, I believe if when you were reading us the um, projected starters earlier, you said that they don't face DeGrom because of timing. Yeah, like, it's not against DeGrom. Because of the timing, they're not going to face him. So that's a plus. But this is going to be about a little bit more than just the Phillies now that I'm looking at this, Slee. This is going to be about managing, you know, a couple of tough stretches without any breaks in between. Not that it's forever. This is baseball. They play every day. But, you know, when this much is on the line in terms of trying to make up the ground you were referring to, Alan, this is not an easy pass. Not at all. Well, the, the reason why I make the point, too, is because it's not like the Giants have been losing two or three. It's not like they've been struggling right. in some of the series that they've been. I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Uh, they still got the best record in, in baseball. Since the All-Star break, there was one series that I think they lost to start since the All-Star break or right after the All-Star break. Since then, they took 5-7 of seven from the Dodgers, 2-3 of three from the Astros, 3-4 of four from Arizona, and 2-3 of three from the Brewers. You're not getting any help. That's the point, right? The point is, is that if you find yourself in a month from now where you're still three, four games behind, I don't know if you're going to make up that ground. And, and yeah. the idea was when you went out and got Max Scherzer, and you know, obviously we spent a little time talking about how dynamic of a player Trey Turner is and what he's going to, what what he'll bring to the table for the Dodgers. But when you went out and got those two players, the conversation wasn't about well. Uh, you'll be well set up for a one-game playoff. No. The conversation was, <laughs> exactly. go get the division so that you're not in that predicament. Let the Giants and the Padres or Cincinnati's been playing some good baseball, whoever ends up in the wild card, let them fight for this one-game playoff. You can be properly set up to go Bueller and uh, Scherzer and Kershaw and kind of go with the rest of the guys that you have. Um, I'm not saying that that's not going to happen, but what I'm saying is, we have watched since the All-Star break. The Giants are not giving up any ground. So you got to start going out there and winning five or six games, uh, maybe five or seven. You got you to have stretches like that. Maybe you win eight of nine to where you can really walk away from a week and say, okay, we gained two games this week. Right. I have no. a question for you guys. Why do you think that Giants still aren't doing great in odds by Vegas? They are still fourth in odds behind the Dodgers, the Astros and the White Sox. Why do you think that they aren't getting enough credit? Too many good teams, lack of playoff experience. That's a big part of it. I think that there's a lot of people that they're like, again, we talked about the one game element that you brought up. And that's a good question, Emily. You, the one game element that you brought up, Alan, is that like, it's not that the, it's not that the baseball players playoffs are a crapshoot, but like it's in fact the opposite. And so for teams that have been around and have been there 
with guys that have been doing it for a while, you probably got a better chance. But, you know, you never know. So I, I think there's a lot of that with the Giants. I think that team is good, though. You know, and at this point, from a expectations management standpoint, which I talk about all the time, Los Angeles, you got to realize that this is going to be harder than just it clicking into gear. We are no longer in that phase. This is a climb at this point. I think that's exactly what your point is, Slee. It's not just a matter of getting in the cruise control. You got to find the gears and find a way to get over the hump. That's what we're going to see these next two weeks be probably in terms of what the Dodgers season makes up to. Well, to point out one other thing too, so injuries for the Dodgers – uh, yeah. Dave Roberts said yesterday, I think it was yesterday, he said that that right hip pointer that Mookie's been dealing with, it's going to continue to linger, that that's probably not going to go away. Justin Turner left the game yesterday. Just left the, the game, game, yeah. Likely down for a few games. So um, I, I think for the Dodgers, it's obviously, it's not going to get any easier, but this thought process of, oh, well, we got Scherzer and we got Trey Turner. That's it. The division is over. The Giants are not playing like that. Emily, just to hit on what you said, why maybe Vegas doesn't think or why they're not giving more odds. Clint, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Utah had the best record in the NBA, but nobody thought in a seven-game set they'd beat the Lakers. Or Phoenix had a really good record. If, If these teams are healthy, then you still expect the Dodgers just have so much talent, but it's different in baseball because you end up in this, you just got to lose one in a row or win one in a row to move on. That's obviously a dangerous uh, scenario there. All right, we got the uh, dump coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show, Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Um, okay, first thing here, uh, Clinton. Did you, are you a Hall of Fame guy? You watching the speeches? You going out of your way to uh, to see the inductees? Did you, did you watch all that yesterday? I saw it. I wouldn't say I watched it. I let the okay. bird catch me up on the highlights I needed to see. All right. Did you see a photo with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? Did you see that photo of these two together? Oh, I saw it. Okay. And I was. Uh, how would you describe it, Emily? You can jump in here too. How How would you guys describe this photo op between uh, the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the greatest quarterbacks? I would describe it as disgustingly disturbing. He's uh, So Peyton Manning is wearing, obviously, his golden jacket. And then underneath, he's wearing a white shirt. And the entire top half is see-through on, it, on his button-up shirt underneath his blazer. It's completely see-through. See-through is a very generous way of calling it what it is. It just looks soaked and what was gross. He doing? I don't understand and what I he was doing. I don't. What, how does it get to it that looked, point? Like, at some point, you have to have an equipment guy that comes and changes you out and can towel you off because you can't be taken. I mean, like, I'm honestly a little offended. Like, we're professionals here. If I showed up to a TV shoot looking like that, I mean, obviously, I'm not Peyton Manning. You know, it would be a no go. How does he not have somebody that handles this for him? A valet, a butler, if you will. You know what I mean? If you know you sweat that much, Slee, what are we doing? I think my, sorry, I I think think my I favorite find... thing about that photo, too, is that Tom Brady is 
not sweaty at all. He's like right. pristine. <laughs> like, That's what I was gonna say. does it he not like sweat? It's the it it's like... this no it's a no strawberries thing. You know, it looks like he looks like he's in a post game photo, right? Like the game yeah. just ended. Tom Brady looks like he just got out of you know he's he's going to do a photo shoot or something along those lines. Two completely different things. If you haven't seen it, go online. I don't know what Peyton's doing, and I love the guy, uh, but yeah, definitely not the most appealing picture. Got to get okay, that look got, worked out. Got another one here. We mentioned this for a quick second. Lionel Messi. Did you see his press conference with Barcelona? Um, broke down. He broke down. He said that I offered to reduce my salary by 50%, and Barcelona didn't ask for anything else. I did everything I could. He obviously wanted to stay with uh, with Barcelona. Now there's um, – looks like he's going to uh, join um, the Paris team for uh, PSG. PSG. Uh, to uh, to kind of continue his career, I think they were saying like a two year deal or something along those lines. Are you a big? Are, first of all, are you a big soccer fan or no? Are you watching? Yeah, a lot I'm, of not these a, international I'm not a big games? club soccer guy, but I'm I'm as well versed on this as anything. Paris Saint Germain, if you want to know what that team is called. <laughs> um, people have been parked outside of their stadium for like days waiting for this guy to arrive. Mm. I, it's sad because Leo Messi is is obviously an international superstar yep. and a sports icon. So watching him cry. Never really that fun. You know, I'm, am I going to get into the shady business dealings of Barcelona as a club? No. I don't really feel like talking about that. But it's unfortunate that this is what it came down to for a guy who's such a legend and who is really, quite frankly, probably, I don't know, really, I'm looking for crystallized, just sort of, he, he embodies, I think, what club soccer has become on this earth in the last 10 years. You know, there's plenty of other people, but, like, when you think about it, you think about Messi, you know? That's just, that's just what So you broke it down the right way. Travis would have just done his voice, asked for high C and some <laughs> orange juice and orange slices and everything else. So that's a that's a odd to have a real conversation about Messi. <laughs> um, Emily, break this one down for me. So the women's 4 by, uh, 4 by 400 uh, relay yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? It was a Saturday, I believe, okay, but it's it also Saturday. all off because of the, the timing when it actually happens in our time. But yeah, our four by four women's relay completely so they just crushed dominate? everybody else. Like okay, and what was their reaction right after the win? Oh, after the win, they knew it was it. It was just all business. So one thing to explain too: before you walk out, when they announce your team's name, you know they come out from the side. Some people will do a little dance with their with their relay team. The American women come out straight all business they just walk out and they go to their position they, they aren't trying to make a show out of this because they knew they were coming to win you know i love this normally pardon me normally like i like the fact that the olympics added the little catwalk for the little moments that was fun but i also love the fact that the americans were like how about nah we're here to run both of those something about cool. that bro but yeah. something about that like i i can't tell you you know sometimes in sports when you just see somebody like know that they're the baddest yeah. Somebody that's just kind of like, even after they win, they're not even, you know, they're not even on the same level. I'm just going to walk out. You know, yeah. this is, it's almost like I wanted KD to almost do that for USA basketball. Like, am I really playing with everybody here? Even on the, even the Americans, like you guys don't deserve to be in my presence. You need like, more there's, Mamba mentality in your life. That's what you like. There's some of that where you just kind of respect it and you like it. Okay. One other thing I want to get into here. Um, CJ McCollum, now the new president of the NBA Players Association. So he takes over for Chris Paul. I, I mean, you know, I'm always curious about that role. I love that there are players who are currently still in the game that have that role. Um, if you got to change one thing in the NBA, 
What are you trying to change? And the, by the way, they're trying to do some stuff in this summer league. What are you changing in the NBA? I don't know, Sliwa. All I know is that there's two questions on this screen, and you chose to read the one about C.J. McCollum, not the one about Whitney Houston. What are we doing? Okay. Do you know who your, you're here with? Give me your, It's Whitney give me, Houston's birthday. She would have been 58. We're obviously going to talk about Whitney Houston in this household. The late great. What a life. Your what a legend. Whitney, your favorite Whitney Houston song. Oh, that's tough. Probably I Want to Dance with Somebody. Mega Banger. You know what I'm saying? I have nothing. Great video. What? How about I Have Nothing? Bodyguard. Good song. I have nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. I had to pull the mic away from my face, young broadcasters. That's what you do when you're getting you really let it out. I see when they're doing the the national when they're doing the national anthem at a Laker game, the guy pulls the that's I learned that from next level right there. All right, Travis and Sleeva Show, Clinton Yates, both of us back tomorrow morning starting at eight fifty five. Download it on the podcast. Lakers talk starting at seven PM tonight. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.